we're back. Welcome into a bonus edition of Fantasy Football Today DFS, previewing the two-game Saturday slate with the Chiefs taking on the Broncos and the Cowboys facing the Eagles. I am Frank Stample. He is Sina Jad, and let's jump right in. And we'll start with the Chiefs at the Broncos. The Chiefs are 10-point favorites, 44.5-point total here. And after a loss last week, the Chiefs are now the number two seed in the AFC, uh, but they need to win to keep it that way. They could move back up to the number one seed uh, if they win and the Titans lose to the Texans, which is not likely, but also not impossible. So I think that the Chiefs are going to obviously be going hard in this spot. And speaking of the Chiefs, Clyde Edwards-Elair has officially been ruled out of this game. And on the Broncos side of things, offensive lineman Dalton Reisner was placed on the IR Wednesday. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, and Noah Fant all limited in practice. Teddy Bridgewater also placed on IR. Drew Locke will start in this game. See a no CEH. I assume that means we are jamming Jarrell Williams at $5,900. I think we would have been even if CEH was playing. At least I would have been because I am a believer that Darrell Williams is the better running back in that offense. And even when Clyde Edwards-Alaire was playing, Darrell Williams was getting enough touches to justify his price in most cases. Maybe here at 5900 he wouldn't have. But the point is, yeah, we're firing up Darrell Williams. He is going to be very popular, so you, you need to keep that in mind. But uh, both in cash and tournament plays, if you're, if you're playing cash games in this two-game slate, Darrell Williams is going to be a big piece of my offense. And frankly, a lot of the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be a big piece of my my lineups. And don't forget, because this is a two-game slate, you know, the, the conventional rules don't necessarily apply. Like you might have things that aren't exactly correlated, or maybe they're just, you know, you've got four, four guys from the same team. That's totally okay. It's a two-game slate, and you just kind of you want to be different. You want to consider what lineup is going to be different, but also great at the same time. So I have a lot of Chiefs in play here. All right. And something Mike has talked about on the two-game slate in the past is don't really worry about defense. It's really kind of just a flip of a coin, I guess. If you want to correlate your defense with a running back, you can do that. But with all the defensive pricing kind of bunched up here, you know, don't be afraid to just take a shot or, or even just completely punt defense in this spot. And we were talking beforehand, see you, and... Given all the value here, there's a lot going on in that Cowboys-Eagles game, which we will get to, but there's a lot of value on the slate, which means you can basically stack Patrick Mahomes with any combination of his receivers. So if you are doing that, what is your favorite way to stack Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I mean, Denver's pretty good against the pass, against the tight end, and against the wide receiver, but if for me... I would prefer to take the upside of Tyreek Hill. I mean, I think there are situations where you can get both these guys in your lineup if you want to take some punts in other situations. And I think that's a great thing to do on a two-game slate. But if I have to choose between the two, uh, it's going to be Tyreek Hill. I mean, I don't really know what's going on with Travis Kelsey, but I do know, and, and you might be right, you, you mentioned it on our Tuesday show you know, he is 32 years old and maybe he's just not quite, I mean, I'm sure we're going to see flashes of the old Travis Kelsey but the reality is we might not see it anymore as consistently as we were seeing it a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. So um, I'm just going to go with the upside uh, against the Denver team that I'm not, they're not going to be giving up or anything. But it wouldn't shock me at all if Tyreek Hill gets behind this defense a couple times, maybe a busted coverage here, a busted coverage there. And, and I think Patrick Mahomes really desperately needs to get on the same page uh, as both Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So I think they're both very much in play. I prefer Tyreek. 
The Chiefs played the Broncos back in week 13. They won that game 22-9. to Patrick Mahomes was 15 for 29 in that game, 184 yards, zero passing touchdowns, one interception. He did manage to rush a touchdown in 13.56 DraftKings points. So not a great game. You mentioned the Broncos defense is is pretty good here in this spot. I think if if I had to choose one, I think I would go I would go Kelsey and Cash. I would go Tyreek Hill and GPPs. But again, you can play mm-hmm. both of them if you know you're just trying to get different and looking for the the biggest possible upside in a tournament this week. How about on the Broncos side of things, Sia? Are you looking to maybe bring it back with anyone? It's so hard to figure out the Broncos pass catchers because when they're all healthy, A, there's just not enough pass volume and the efficiency with Drew Locke goes down tremendously. I mean, even Teddy Bridgewater couldn't support, you know, even really two of these pass catchers being fantasy viable. So it just becomes that much harder with Drew Locke as a quarterback. Well, I see. I, I feel like I have to give some pushback here because in or in a, in like real life football, I think you're right. But in fantasy football, Drew Locke is a wide receiver's dream. And honestly, the game flow from that that game that you mentioned, I think it was a Sunday night football game where the Kansas City played the Denver Broncos. The flow of that game was just super awkward, very slow, very methodical. Bridgewater really couldn't do anything. This is Drew Locke, though. And, and I, I think this is a different situation, especially as it pertains to the receivers. The Kansas City Chiefs, they... they they create a pass rush. So what I see happening with Drew Locke is him getting the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. With Jerry Judy coming off the COVID-19 list, I think he's going to be the beneficiary of that. So of those three receivers, while I think all three of them have some upside, maybe Sutton has just as much, if not more, upside as Jerry Judy, I think Jerry Judy is going to be a favorite target of Drew Locke in this particular game. So he's the guy I'm definitely prioritizing among those three pass catchers. I mean, Noah Fant is not a guy I'm really interested in. Feel free to take the dart there. There's only four tight ends to choose from, really, maybe, maybe less. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to play Fant because he's different, that's fine, but that's not for me. I, I prioritize these receivers as Jerry Judy, then Cortland Sutton, and then, of course, Tim Patrick. Do you have any interest in... Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon. They played exactly 50% of the snaps each in week 17. And it seems like when they're both active, they just cannibalize each other from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. And it's in a two game slate. I think, you know, if listen, if you're making one lineup, then the answer is no. I think if you want to, like we know Daryl Williams is going to be really popular, right? We don't really know what other running back is going to be popular. I think if the Eagles situation, we'll talk about that in the sec in a second. If if we kind of find out that some of these guys just aren't going to go because of COVID or because of injuries, you know, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard are still kind of up in the air. You could see a popular running back emerge from that backfield. Outside of that, I don't think you're going to see much. I mean, maybe Zeke is the next guy. I think. If you want to try to get different, maybe with like a Melvin Gordon, it makes sense. I think Javante Williams will certainly be less popular than your Daryl Williams of the world. So it makes sense. But I think I'm going to be trying to build with Daryl Williams and maybe one of those Eagles backs. And if not, if, if it's not an Eagles back, it'll probably I'll probably transition to the Cowboys, depending on the health of Zeke and Tony Pollard. I don't think we need to go in this direction, Sia, but is there any ancillary Chiefs pass catcher that catches your eye, whether it's uh, Byron Pringle, Miko Hardman, or Demarcus Robinson? Yeah, it's probably Byron Pringle. I, I think he definitely offers the most upside in, in that offense. I know I think it was Demarcus that got a touchdown last week, but it seems to me that the the next best receiver on this roster is, in fact, Byron Pringle. He caught 304 last week for only a handful of yards, 
The week before that, he caught six of seven for Ian. He had two touchdowns with it. He's not getting a ton of targets, but frankly, there's no wide receiver too that's getting a ton of targets. And again, in a two-game slate, one way to get different is to take one of these guys, whether it's Pringle or Demarcus Robinson, or maybe you like McCole Hardman for some reason. Uh, any of those guys will make your lineup a little bit different. I think Pyron Pringle probably offers the best upside, especially from a touchdown equity standpoint. But I think they're all definitely in play in a two-game slate. And if you can't afford some sort of super stack with Patrick Mahomes and, and Hill and Kelsey, go ahead and throw in, you know, maybe you fade Daryl Williams. You, you, I'm, I'm saying if you're playing more than one tournament, maybe you fade Daryl Williams and you say, hey, all of these all these touchdowns are going through the air. I'm stacking Patrick Mahomes with McCole Hardman and Tyreek Hill. Some of those push passes might go to, to either of those two guys, Kelsey as well, and maybe they just don't run it in. Yeah, I think in cash games, for sure, you're playing Daryl Williams, but you're right. If you're playing multiple lineups and trying to find ways to get different, you might want to look to fade Daryl because I think that ownership is, it's going to be wild. Sky it's, high. you know, 60, 70%, something crazy like that, which makes sense, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, on a two-game slate. Let's move over to the Cowboys at the Eagles, and I did not write down the totals and the, and the spread in this game, so I will pull that up right now. Uh, this it's 42 and a half, as far as I'm seeing it, and Dallas minus five. And by the way, for those of you that, that want to know, the implied totals, which of course is you know what each team is implied to get, the Chiefs kind of win pretty big here with about 27 and a half points as their implied total. And then next best, of course, is the Dallas Cowboys at, at right around 24. And then the Eagles in Denver, um, you know, pulling up the rear here at, at, you know, around 19 for Philly and around 17 for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. So I, again, if you're looking at cash games, I think you're trying to get as many chiefs in your lineup as you possibly can. Uh, mm-hmm. The motivation for the Cowboys at Eagles, not really much going on here. The Cowboys have already won the NFC East. They might be able to move up in terms of seating, but they need a few things to break right after they play this game. Uh, the Eagles clinch the playoff spot and will either be the six or seven seed in the NFC. They cannot finish higher or lower than that. So it's kind of just a weird game to talk about. Both teams are dealing with COVID as well. Cornerback Anthony Brown, uh, offensive lineman Tyron Smith, and linebacker Micah Parsons for the Cowboys. They are all on the COVID list and have been ruled out of this game. Cornerback Trayvon Diggs, safety Donovan Wilson, and Tony Pollard have been deemed questionable for this game. Michael Gallup, of course, is out for the season. And then for the Eagles, they have 12 players on the COVID list as of Monday, including Dallas Goddard, their backup tight end Jack Stoll, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey. But since it was Monday, they only had to be on the COVID list for five days. Now, they have to clear COVID protocols on Saturday to be able to play in this game. So I'm not sure how likely it is, but there is still a chance that they could play in this game. So keep that in mind with everything that we are about to talk about. Um, If the Eagles running backs do not play, uh, Miles Sanders has already been ruled out because of an injury, not because of COVID. If those other two guys cannot play, I'm just assuming Kenneth Gainwell at, I believe it's 4,100, would be an absolute smash as well. He would be a smash. I'd be curious to see who they would activate. If, if Obviously, if Boston Scott and Jordan Howard are deemed out, I'm trying to remember what the depth chart is, at least from a practice squad standpoint, because I think, unfortunately, for Kenny Gainwell, that might be actually important because they do deem him a pass-catching back. So it looks like you found it, Frank. Who, who is that guy? Uh, I'm seeing Jason Huntley and Carrion mm-hmm. Johnson. Yeah, I, and I think it would. I actually think it would be Jason Huntley who would probably be closest to getting activated um, relative to Carry On Johnson. That's just something to monitor. I mean, again, if if both those running backs are out, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, 
I agree. It's definitely Kenny Gainwell. That's the next man up. But I think it would be really interesting to, uh, if Jason Huntley gets active, uh, activated, uh, maybe to consider him at uh, what he's going to be is going to be the min price for running backs, which is 4K. So just something to consider there. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Frank, I agree. It looks like Kenny Gainwell might be a play regardless, because even if one of these two guys are out, that means Kenny Gainwell gets a few more rush attempts, but he definitely gets the passing down work or at least a lot of the passing down work. Let's say both guys are activated, Sia. What would you do then? I I still think I still think Kenny Gainwell has a chance to lead the team in touches because he's at least practiced all week long, right? And mm-hmm. if they're thinking about the playoffs, I think they probably want Boston Scott and Jordan Howard to be rested up anyway. So those guys could be active and maybe they touch the ball a little bit, but I still think Kenneth Gainwell would be involved. Totally agree. And his ownership percentage will be probably way down, which gives you even more of a benefit on this two game slate. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're going into the playoffs. You don't have much to play for. What you do have to play for is just the idea of, hey, can I trust these rookies? Can I trust these young guys? And why not give them some confidence along the way by giving them the ball? So I think Kenny Gainwell, to your point, I think he kind of makes sense regardless of the activation of, of those two primary running backs. All right, so let's say that you are making multiple tournament lineups here and you are looking to uh, make a stack outside of Patrick Mahomes to try and get different. Would you rather stack Dak Prescott with maybe one of CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper or Cedric Wilson now that Michael Gallup is out for the season? Or are you looking at the Eagles side of things, Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts? We don't know what's going to happen with Dallas Goddard, but if he doesn't go, I think Devontae Smith by def- you know, just de facto, will be the target leader on this team. I guess I just don't trust Jalen Hurts at all. So the the answer to your question is is I'll probably go to what most people will do, which I hate to I hate to do that. I hate to give the answer that like most people would give, but it would be Dak Prescott with probably if I'm coming off Mahomes, it would be Dak Prescott with two receivers in that receiver core. I do include Dalton Schultz, but it would probably be some combination of you know Ceedee Lamb and Cedric Wilson, something like that. That I would would be my primary stack build with. Uh, with Dak Prescott. Like you said, with Michael Gallup out, Cedric Wilson sort of emerged in that role, caught six of six targets, did a pretty good job. Yeah, had a touchdown in that game as well. So I think if you're looking for value, again, if you're trying to play the Chiefs stacks, you're looking at Kenneth Gainwell for value. You're looking for Cedric Wilson, who I think will be on the field quite a bit as well. He is only 4,200 over on DraftKings. And even more value if you're trying to get crazy. And I have a feeling that if Mike was here, he would play... Travis Kelsey has his tight end. If Dallas Goddard is out, if Jack Stoll is out, Tyree Jackson is the minimum price at 2,500 for the Eagles. And he's played right around 20% of the snaps each of the past three weeks. So I'm guessing just by process of elimination, he would be the next tight end up. Yeah. And I, you know, you wonder how much work he's going to get in the passing game. The fact that he's min price just, it makes it so easy to do things you you want to do on this two game slate. So I, I get it. Uh, I just feel like for me, I mean, he's only seen. I mean, I'm looking at it now. He's seen looks like two targets on the season. Now, don't get me wrong. That's because Dallas Goddard's been healthy and and some of these other guys. But it's fine. You know, it, I think I think that's fine if you if you need it to make your lineup work. Because the sad truth is there aren't any bargain tight ends on this slate you know Noah Fant is the the biggest bargain as far as the starting tight end is concerned and he's 5,000 which in my opinion is kind of a lot then you got Dalton Schultz at 5,300 and and up from there so uh, I if you need to make your lineup work that's fine he could still get a flat zero but if everybody else just like dominates because you were able to fit them in then you know that's your lineup is still great 
Yeah, I think most people obviously looking at Travis Kelsey up top, or if you want to hit the mids here, it's Dalton Schultz at 5,300. But if you do want to save money, again, the name there, Tyree Jackson, that's assuming that Dallas Goddard and Jack Stoll do not clear concussion protocols in this spot. We haven't talked about Ezekiel Elliott, see ya, and maybe rightfully so because he's been quite bad for, for quite some time. I do think that he's been playing through injury, so I don't want to say it's all just like Ezekiel Elliott has lost all of his talent. I don't know that that's the case, but the, the fact of the matter is he hasn't been good, uh, but he, he is priced up a little bit. He's 6,700. He's the highest priced running back on the slate, and I don't think many people are going to play him at all. So do you have any interest maybe in tournaments? I mean, I think in tournaments it would make sense because people, the ownership is probably going to be down because people are going to be doing the natural thing and trying to stack up some of those Kansas City guys, saving money at running back outside of Daryl Williams. So if I'm making, let's say, three or four lineups, Zeke is in one, sure. But I mean, he, I mean, it's this is it's a tough watch. And, and I, I just hate like he'll have like a, a one yard burst into the end zone or something. And whatever, whoever, whatever, whichever announcer is announcing the game, they're like, yeah, you see some of that old burst from Ezekiel Elliott. And I'm like, this guy looks like Alfred Morris on a bad day. This is like a, this is like a complete joke that you're like pumping this guy up. I mean, obviously Tony Pollard is the better back, but he does have that, that lingering foot injury. So I understand why they're leaning on Zeke. I'll say this. If for some reason we hear that Pollard might not go or that Zeke is really banged up, Again, this is just an attempt to get very different, but their third string guy there is Corey Clement. So if for some reason one of those two running backs don't go, Corey Clement is only 4,000. It's a game, to, to your point, that you know, they'll probably end up winning. It's not a gigantic game for them. So resting one of their two running backs would make sense. And if Corey Clement somehow gets 10 touches, maybe he falls into the end zone, your lineup is different and it's it's gained some points on the field. Corey Clement in the revenge game against yes. the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to wrap there for Sia. I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Football Today DFS. We won't be here on Tuesday, but we will be back on Thursday to preview all of the DFS action on the playoff slate for Wild Card Weekend. We will see you then.